You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Great. Great. Am I on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Words that I've never had to ask before. Um, but I'm assuming you all can, so that's good. Good way to start introducing how loud I am. So, um, good morning, everyone. Um, I just want to encourage you from the get-go that all that God has been saying this morning already has just been so much in line with what he's been speaking to me about this week. Uh, And it's just really clear he's got an agenda this morning. He has things to say to us. So if you didn't have faith for what he was going to do in your life already, then now is the time to raise that faith because I really believe that for us. So as Pete already said, I have the immense privilege of finishing off the BLESS acronym this morning with S, sharing our story. So we've had beginning with prayer, really listening to those around us, eating together, serving one another. And this morning we're going to talk about sharing our story before Rich finishes off for us next week. I wonder if you are aware that stories are significant, We love to hear about people's stories. We love to see into another person's experience, walk into their shoes, film, TV, books. The entire entertainment industry is built on our love of people. We are interested in people, warts and all. What about the Bible, the ultimate storybook, proof that God loves to work in real people, real stories. It's full of accounts of people's lives and parables, stories that Jesus would use to describe the kingdom of God. I wonder if you are aware that your story is significant. God has designed you and he has made you. He has seen and worked in your life in his glorious goodness and sovereignty. And he has a desire to use your story, every part of it, from the brilliant to the gut-wrenching, for his glory and for the blessing of those around you, those that know him and those that don't. I would love us to really listen up with expectation this morning and engage with what I really believe God has shared with us. We're going to start by looking at John 3. I've got the NIV version here. And then we're going to pray and get started. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, We know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. 
You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Come on. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Father God, we thank you for your good news. We thank you that it changes everything. We thank you that you just speak to us, just full of grace, full of love, full of compassion, that you care about our lives, our story, and that you want to work in us. God, we pray that you would continue that work this morning, that you would open our hearts, open our ears, Father. Holy Spirit, come and speak, come and have your way We want to hear from you. You are our focus. You are our desire. You are welcome here. We love you, God. Jesus' name, amen. So, we want to talk about sharing our stories this morning. But first, I would love us to start with the wider story that we fit into. The story that makes our stories count. Let's start with Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, right? He was a member of the Jewish ruling council, a respected member of community. He would have been expected to memorize scripture, to pass on insight, to pass on wisdom. And yet we see him in this passage as spiritually and physically in the dark. Spiritually, he's really struggling here to grasp what Jesus is saying. He doesn't even get that Jesus is more than just a teacher to begin with. And Jesus is having to repeat himself again and again for him to grasp what he's saying. Physically, he doesn't come off too well either. It says that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. There's lots of discussion as to why that was, but... Many commentaries agree that it may well have been because Nicodemus was a coward. Here was this respected member of community, expected to be full of wisdom, and he was ashamed to be seen to come to Jesus for answers. So he came in the dead of night when no one else could see. If this is a story about Nicodemus, it's pretty unflattering, wouldn't you agree? a member of a religious elite, marred by hypocrisy, called in Matthew earlier by Jesus, a brood of vipers. And here he's too full of pride to even face Jesus in daylight. And once he does, he lacks insight. 
Like I said, if this is a story about Nicodemus, it's pretty unflattering. If. Here is the thing. The Pharisees, despite all their religious prowess, are not the focus of the Bible. They're not even the focus of the New Testament. Nicodemus, starting here as a simple Pharisee and ending in repentance later in John, is not the focus of this book. He's not even the focus of the chapter. Jesus is. Jesus is the focus. Jesus is the star. Perhaps you've come this morning feeling like your story is pretty unflattering. Maybe you have really resonated with what's been brought this morning. Maybe you feel you've got that weight. Maybe you feel religious. Maybe you've come off proud before. Maybe you feel guilty of sin. The good news is you are not the star of your story. Your story is wonderful because it is a story of pursuits and reckless love from a good and gracious God to you and to me, his undeserving people. Your story is precious, but it is not the end and it is not the beginning. It is part of the miracle story of the goodness of Father God in sending his one son to save us. You are not the star of your story. Jesus is. We are made to point to him and our lives are each unique tales of his goodness. Guys, this chapter is not an awkward reading of Nicodemus. It's an example of Jesus persistently pursuing the lost, no matter their reputation or the state of their heart. Earlier in John 1, we hear a little about John the Baptist. He was preparing the way for Jesus, and he had to deny that he himself was the Messiah. John 1 verse 8 says of him, He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Church, we are not the light. We are witnesses to the true light, Jesus. Whether you're here this morning feeling well and truly at the bottom of the pile or maybe full of wisdom and intellect, I can tell you with great joy that you and I are not the light of this world, Jesus is. And we are here to bear witness to that light. That's the story we're sharing. That's the story we're a part of that we get to be caught up in. That's what makes our stories count. Maybe you're here and today is the first time you've heard that story. Let me just tell you that we only find our purpose and understand what our own story is about when we receive Jesus and accept the releasing truth that everything is about him, that this is his story and that we're invited to reflect it and tell it. I'm going to give you a chance later on if you felt like when Pete prayed that prayer earlier that you just wanted to say yes, but you couldn't quite muster it up. At the end, when I've finished talking, I'm going to give you another opportunity to say yes to Jesus this morning. I would so encourage you to take it. Let me promise you, your story will never be the same again. But we will get to that later. 
So we've established that our stories are part of something much larger, the story of God and his kingdom, a story absolutely worth sharing. I hope you'll agree. Will you? Do you? Great. Okay. A couple people do. We'll see how we feel about that at the end. So what does our sharing our story really look like? Well, firstly, I'd like to suggest it looks like friendship. Being real with people, making real friends, being real with them. And no one models this better than Jesus. God could have expressed the gospel in so many different ways, couldn't he? I mean, he's God, right? But he chose for Jesus to live a life of intimacy with those around him. From the get-go, he chose to come as a baby and practice vulnerability in the most literal sense. He interacted with people. He built relationship with his family. And when he was grown, he chose 12 people, 12 disciples, who would be his closest friends, who would see him cry, who would watch him literally overturn tables in anger, and who ultimately would be with him as he approached death. Why? (laughs) Why bother? Why not let people just watch him from afar or just write down instructions in scripture and leave it at that? Or, okay, if you must, if you must choose some disciples, fine, but keep it like a mentor-mentee relationship, right? Keep it professional, guard your heart. Why not just keep it at that? Because we worship a relational God who loves intimacy. Jesus would share not just facts and tips, but he would share his very self with the people around him and with us today. Despite exposing himself not just to physical pain of death, but to emotional betrayal as his disciples would fall asleep on the job or deny him. We know the story of Jesus' life because he chose intimacy. He didn't just communicate the story in hindsight. He allowed it to be seen right then and there in his every day. And it's the people who witnessed it who bear account in the Bible. Jesus loves intimacy with us, with you and with me. He pursues and pursues and pursues. He talks and he listens. He shares in our pain and rejoices with us, even when we push him away. And he models this intimacy and vulnerability in friendship so that we can practice it in our own lives. Church, we should be modeling friendship and authenticity here in a way that turns heads outside of church walls. We should let our stories be witnessed as they play out in the now, not just in hindsight. I'm going to tell you a story of one of our best friends, Rich. Some of you have had the privilege of meeting him. Not this Rich, although he is delightful also, but another Rich. (laughs) So I met Rich on the first day of university, a long while ago now. It didn't take very long before he knew I was a Christian and before he had very adamantly laid down his position as a staunch atheist that he's very proud of. And as I started praying for Rich, I felt God really clearly tell me that I was to focus my attention on friendship, not preaching, and friendship without an agenda. 
Now, this didn't mean that we wouldn't talk about Jesus or that Rich wouldn't periodically get quite angry as parts of my faith rattled him. But that's just, uh, that's just part of who I am and part of who I was. It just meant that that wasn't the whole sum of our interaction. Over the course of two and a bit years, I had invested in friendship with Rich and allowed him to get to know me in equal measure. Me as a Christian, yes, but also me as someone who would mess up regularly, someone with various irritating character flaws, though I know it's very hard to believe, someone who would upset him and who would have to apologize And someone who generally was just far more complex than just a Christian with an agenda hiding behind a Bible. After two and a bit years, God's work in Rich started to bubble up to the surface. And at that point, he'd got to know John and a few of my other friends from church. And he was suitably intrigued by our friendship. He would ask me about it a lot, even though at that point, he'd not stepped inside a church yet. And one evening, after a long conversation when Rich was dressed up as Santa, a very important detail, he agreed to start coming to my small group. There we already had a foundation of friendship and storytelling in the group. We would share the processes we were going through every week, our flaws, our highs, we would cry together and celebrate together, and Rich was invited to be a part of what was already going on. It was my complete privilege to lead Rich to Christ three and a half years after I met him. And just last weekend, we were together again, Rich, John and I, and those friends from church at university, and I had the joy of watching Rich prophesy over those same friends. It's very emotional for me. Now, I'm sharing this story with you not as an example of how great I am because I can promise you that for every time I've stepped out, there's been 20 or more times where I've chickened out. But because this is a story of friendship, I befriended Rich. I didn't just get to know him, but I allowed him to really know me, to see my story play out, even to become part of my story. Sometimes we are so afraid that if we reveal our weakness that it will somehow be a disservice to the work of God in our lives when that couldn't be further from the truth. In 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, Paul writes, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Our story is worth sharing because of our weakness. When we let people into our lives, our story in real time, they get to see the grace of God play out in our lives. So Rich and I had a real friendship. Secondly, I had a real friendship with people from church. And when Rich got to know them, he saw a friendship that looked different from what he had seen before. And again, he, was, he found that not only could he be known by them, but he could get to know them too in a real way. Thirdly, there was a culture of friendship and storytelling in the church, in the foundation of our church, that was ready-made for accepting rich. 
We practiced sharing our stories with one another every single week so that when Rich came to visit, he was met with authentic friendship that he had not seen before and space for him to interact with the story of Jesus without judgment. I wonder what do your meetups look like at the moment? Are we just settling for sharing the top 10% highlights with one another? Maybe it's a bit easier. Or are we pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves to practice sharing our lives, our stories with one another week on week? Guys, if we can't do it here, we're in trouble when we step outside. The good news is that Redeemer is already great at displaying this in so many ways. We regularly see powerful, real, vulnerable testimonies spoken from the front, people sharing and praying together after the service, seeking out weekly time together. Let's actively build on what God is already doing and building into the DNA of Redeemer. Let's pursue a culture of authenticity in our homes and in our meetups. Build friendships with those who don't know Jesus. Let them see who you really are because your story will mean so much more when they have seen it firsthand and can trust your account. His power is made perfect in your weakness. When we're less concerned about our perfection, our reputation, maybe if we admit it, even our glory, we give room for real deep vulnerable, and yes, sometimes costly friendship where people are allowed to come in and see who we really are, our story, the unedited version, and see the work of God in us once broken people. What a blessing for people to find they are not alone. Share your story through friendship. Let's look back at the passage for a second. We've established that Jesus prioritized friendship. So what did he share with his mouth? Nicodemus asked, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus says, you're right, God is with me. And then that was it. And they went on their merry ways. Not quite. Did you spot the slightly manipulated version of the gospel there. Pete's like panicking (laughs) under his shirt. So yes, not quite. That's uh, not what it says. This passage is the ultimate example of Jesus answering way more than what was asked. He sees an opportunity to share the gospel and he runs with it. In fact, he won't quit till Nicodemus gets it. What starts is just this question of, hey Jesus, is God with you? Ends up with this pretty you know, complete walkthrough of the entire gospel, including the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus can see beyond Nicodemus's question and recognizes his need. He addresses the need more than the question. And although we know that God has this wonderful way of seeing our hearts and knowing us more than we even, even know ourselves, it doesn't take Jesus to recognize that need. And here is why. It is the same in all of us. Once you have said yes to Jesus, it becomes abundantly clear that the biggest blessing is to reveal the heart of God to someone else, to introduce Jesus to someone who doesn't know him yet. Our greatest need is to be reconciled with God. 
Jesus recognizes it, which is why he spends time explaining questions that Nicodemus hasn't asked. How can I have new life despite my sin? How can I be reconciled with the Father? Who will make a way for me? Nicodemus may not have even known that he had these questions when he approached Jesus. Your friends at work may not know that they have them either. But we all have these questions. We all have the same universal need. And we believe that Jesus is the answer. So if Jesus addresses the need time and time again, before the questioners even recognized it, what about us? The story of the good news is the most wonderful, redeeming, life-changing story there is. Do we share it? Befriending is essential. Communicating what's going on in our own lives is essential. But do we share the story of the good news? And do we say unashamedly that it's good not just for us, but that it is good and true for everyone? Share the gospel, church. We can be in danger of modernizing what it means to share the gospel, convincing ourselves that conversations like this in the Bible were only so brazen because that's what it was like back then. And now we have to be much more careful, right? Much more considered, take the softly, softly approach. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we aren't to be sensitive or that our conversations aren't to be just littered with love. But when did we start believing that sensitivity and boldness were mutually exclusive? I have never known someone so kind as Jesus. He is my comforter. He loves me. He has grace for me in buckets. But he is bold in his dealings with me. And he is bold throughout the Bible in sharing the gospel in its fullness. Jesus cared far more about our redemption than he did our comfort or whether we were offended. I so want to be more like that. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If our heart is to bless others, no matter the cost to our reputation, if our heart is to see people transformed by the story of God's goodness outworked in our lives, then out of the overflow, the natural thing will be for us to share that story with our mouths, and we will begin to see opportunities in our everyday I don't know about you guys, but I have never had anyone outside of church say to me, Yvette, would you just share your testimony with me? Or Yvette, could you please just sum up your beliefs for me? But I have been asked countless times, oh, so do you go to church every Sunday? Or uh, would you have only married a Christian then? Or you really read the Bible? And I'm ashamed to say that often my answers have just been one word. When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you took an opportunity to share your story and just ran with it like Jesus does in this passage? My dad would always say to us, the gospel will not hurt anyone. Church, it's good news. Let's share it. Any chance we get, let's share our story and let's tell people that this good news is for them too. Finally, are we living out the story that God has for us? How did the conversation start? Because Nicodemus saw a glimpse of something greater than his own experience. 
he comes to Jesus and he says, you have got to have some connection with God because the signs and wonders that you're doing just don't make sense otherwise. The message translation says, I love this, no one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Nicodemus was inspired to seek after the truth because of what he had already seen displayed in Jesus' life. Everything Jesus was doing was pointing to the Father. The story of the good news was already being testified to in Jesus' works, revealing the heart and character of God. When was the last time someone asked you about a decision you made or something that was different in your life? Or dare, dare I say it, something miraculous occurring? Would our lives look exactly the same if Jesus was taken out of the, the equation? Or does he change everything? Everything we do should be pointing to God and revealing his nature, inspiring questions from those around us. Our desire to see signs and wonders isn't because we're fans of the dramatic. It's because when we see people healed, it testifies to the heart of a good God who is making all things new and drawing us back to him. Jesus' spoken story was just an extension of what was already on display for those around him. In John 7... Nicodemus is no longer described as a Pharisee, but as one of their own number. I love that. The words that Jesus spoke to him rang true with what he had already seen, and the course of his life was changed forever. Wouldn't it be glorious if our lives did so much of the talking for us? I once heard a preacher say that he would never share stories that were more than a year old. He was constantly seeking after new revelation, new encounter with God, new stories to share. If your story sounds the same now as it did five or ten years ago, perhaps this is the chance for us to hunger after new expressions of the gospel in our lives. Just as Jesus walked in the everyday with his father, we want to do the same. We want to share our stories out of an overflow of a life well lived with God, pointing to who he is in the mundane and the miraculous. The lovely Steve Page sent me a quote this week from the novel Mud Man by James A. Hunter. He's a former Marine Corps sergeant, missionary, and international aid worker quite the bio. I've not read it myself. If you want more knowledge, please go to Steve. Um, But I love this quote, and I just want to finish with this. In the novel, Pastor Steve is speaking to a member of his church over coffee. Stories are amazing things. In today's age, we only seem to care about facts, bullet points we can write down, statistics we can quote, numbers we can memorize. I think many modern Christians secretly wish God had just filled the Bible with lists and rules. Easier that way. But that's not what he did. He could have revealed himself in a multitude of ways, but instead of a textbook, God gave us a storybook. One filled with characters from the pages of history. A few good people, most bad, almost all of them deeply flawed. God revealed himself in their lives, 
And that story is still playing out in our lives.